at the sound of my voice was originally created for me to verbalize my poetry. Initially, when I first began writing, it was a way for me to escape. To use words to create a different outcome when whatever was happening in my life wasn't what I wanted it to be. Well, you know how the mind works. Once your imagination starts to run, if you let it run long enough, you might end up somewhere new. I've always been one a desire to inspire mental as well as a physical stimulation with my work. With this platform, I want to introduce the most seductively, prolifically diverse, widest array of poetry and scripted stories that will arouse the audience's intellect and hopefully provide a newness in their perspectives. Now, at the sound of my voice, let's go. What good is the ass if it can't pull a conversation? What good are the glands that sit full if they can't nurture my spirit? It took about three perseverances for you to finally make a decision. From curly to kinky, athletic to slinky, light with a bright smile to caramel, confident and witty. What I found was that no matter the weather, the storm brings you and your truths closer together. The success lies in the truth between us. Truth be told, I'm confident enough to admit my perceived facts are sometimes so fiction in my literary stories of passion and temptation, motivation and late inflation. When I choose to let go and then relate to my shoulder's weight, defying gravity, I get lost in her sweet essence, feel presence of relevance in my intellect. I eat of the fruit that bears more, basking in the flow of an unclaimed shore. I submerge my words and she ejects to my verbs. Imperatively, I seek her quotations aloud, definitive only in its unpredictable clouds. When her rain pours and I reluctantly let go, I hope that this was only the physical part of our pleasure after our first of four that we played, still working to build more, still reaching for that plane, so far way right in front of us that it allows us to remain dry in the rain, never in vain. If I'm here, I'm here. So as the ass learns to pull and the lights learn my soul, the gray starts to show and the question becomes, who but us long before this stayed and prayed that upon our first meeting that we would live forever inside of a single kiss. Morio J. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I first thought of the title, my favorite color is pink. Um, everything pointed in the direction of um, those those inner lips, because those outer lips are not pink. It's always the inner, and it stays pink. The lips, over time, they tend to darken. They tend to take on a new shade, which there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when I really started to dive into this, I thought about that initial meeting, which although you have to go through the entire piece to get to that last part, which is the single kiss, everything always starts in that first meeting. And that first meeting is not when you have that first conversation. It's not when you notice this person and you go up to them and you have enough nerve to say something or you have enough nerve to at least pause and let that person come up to you know that that first encounter is when you actually see them or you feel their presence it it takes you to a place where 
you don't even want to admit that right there in that moment, if they say the right thing, you're theirs. So it's it's always so many entendres that go with the things that I write and the things that I like to indulge in when it comes to my imagination. So my favorite color is pink, of course, starts out with the fact that I love to explore inside of a woman's lady. And I found that there are so many layers to it, even once you get inside of her, that you have to really pay attention to the conversation that she's not having. And I'm never one to even think that I've come close to cracking whatever the code is, but I do feel like I've, I've come to a better understanding of what I need to do to understand who it is that I engage in, that I indulge in. So that pink part is a space that you have to be granted access. It's much like the different parts of a woman's mind, much like the different parts of a woman's heart, or even the space and time in her life. When she has all these different things going, you can take a woman and really feel like you've pleased, pleasured, and taken her to the highest point sexually. But that may be exactly what she wanted at the time, and she can just as quickly dismiss you like nobody's business. And a lot of times that'll hurt your pride as a man. It'll hurt whatever it was you thought that you brought to the table that was so magnificent. And then you realize she's at a space in her life where if that's all you're bringing to the table, okay, she's cool on that. She can take that. But if you decide that you want to either take it to a space where she doesn't want to go or she didn't necessarily anticipate then as a, as a certain either patience level or you need to take a step back. You know, for me, <laughs> um, I had to really think about what it was that I wanted to really give in this analogy or this explanation of my favorite color is pink. Because there's so many lustful connotation that, go, that goes with it that I had to remember that people don't really understand the history of guys speaking about the color pink. So much so that you had to have someone come out in representation of masculinity say it's okay to wear pink for guys to say, okay, I can do that now. But what happens when you stand on your own too? What happens when you as a man decide that it's not about the confidence, it's not about pride or ego. It's about the fact that even as a strong man, you can take a step back and say, this is what she needs in order to be okay. Sometimes it's not dick. Sometimes it's not even that kiss. It's not a handhold. It's not a, a meal that you pay for. It's not a bill that you can pay. Those, all those things are cool, good, and well, but what if it was something else? What if there was something about her, whatever that may be, that whatever it is inside of her says that you can keep all that shit that you try to bring to the table and think that that's what makes you a man? What if she challenged you to figure her out and she was actually willing to give you that time and space to do so? And I think that a lot of times us as men, we hadn't figured ourselves out. So when we step into a, a situation where a woman's secure and she's good on all the things that it really takes little to no effort for us to do, we don't know how to respond. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to move because we played the ace 
And in a game of spades, she had a joker. And for some odd reason, that joker reigns supreme when normally it doesn't even belong in a game of spades. So if there's someone that challenges you in either area, you don't necessarily have to make her your wife. You don't necessarily have to make him your husband. But what happens when they challenge you? Are you going to really stand up to the challenge from a competitive side? Or are you really going to see the value in that person being themselves and raise yourself to a certain standard and challenge yourself just to be a better person, even if it means not being with that person? Sometimes we challenge and raise, a, raise the bar for us just to be with someone, just to be in a space where they accept us. That lets us know how much more work that we have to do on ourselves, for ourselves, because once we see that challenge, we ought to want to grow and be better for ourselves. And I know, I know, we started off on this whole tangent when it came, to, you know, as far as it's concerned, it was more of a, a lustful, a physical, an intimate, a sexual experience. But think about it. The confidence, if it comes from the right space, the assurance, if it comes from the right space, doesn't say I know I can do this and make this happen. What it does, it says I'm open to learning and understanding so that I can adjust or adapt to the situation or to the circumstances or to the moments that lead up to the privilege of, the privilege of pleasuring someone that I hope is completely satisfied with my existence. Conversation-wise, physically, intimately, um, you know, just when I'm around, like my last episode said, you know, whispering my name, you know, give yourself permission to do that. My name figuratively and literally, but also give yourself permission to want to understand more about you so that you can understand more about the next person. Because a lot of times, especially in a woman's case, she wants to do everything she can to make sure you straight. Because if you straight, she, one, she doesn't have to worry about you not being okay. Number two, if she wants to be in her own space and she wants to be okay, she got to make sure you're not bringing no bullshit to the table. So once she knows that you're straight, she's going to be good. A woman is definitely always good. That better half is there for a reason. And I, I, I've said this before. A lot of guys will say, man, well, I'm not trying to do this and that with her. I'm just trying to smash. Okay, cool. Do your thing. Make sure you put that on the table first and don't get to a point where since you're trying to smash that you realize that that's all she's trying to do too. Because that may be your favorite color, but a woman is always able to adjust and adapt. So even though, even though your favorite color may be pink in the moment, what if she shows you something different? What if she shows you her world through a kaleidoscope? Are you, ready to, are you prepared to deal with that? Are you prepared to step away after you're mesmerized, after you've seen the color pink in so many different shades, that now it no longer resembles, uh, resembles, sorry, it no longer resembles that shade of pink that you're used to? The feeling is not the same. The sound is not the same. The tone of it's not the same. The conversation, the prequel, none of it's the same. What happens when you see it differently? Can you stand on your own too? Can you hold your own? Your favorite color may be pink, but you also have to understand that she doesn't play favorites. You just have to put her first in that situation. See what happens. I know for me, I like the taste of the color pink. I like the sound of it. I like the smell of it. I like how it, how it feels when I touch it. I like the fact that I can get lost in it. I like the fact that it inspires me. You know, there are so, so many ways to really describe the color. 
that by the time you finish, you're not even looking at a color. You're looking at an experience. So stay tuned for the next episode of At the Sound of My Voice where I show you where the color pink actually sits. And you'd be surprised to, to even know that the place where it should rest, it doesn't rest. I would like to express my deepest appreciation for you taking the time to listen to this episode of At The Sound Of My Voice. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to leave a voicemail, a comment, or a review. If you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on At The Sound Of My Voice or any of our social platforms, please email us at channel82 at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-N-N-E-L, the number 8, T-Y, the number 2, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at at underscore the underscore sound underscore of underscore my underscore voice for even more content and updates. And stay tuned for our merch coming very soon.